Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here with you all this morning. Um, I just want to say as we did the uh, kind of the reveal of what happened through the All the Earth Giving campaign, I'm just, I was so, just it's incredible what the Lord has done through all of you here today, how you guys all um, stepped out faithfully financially to see the gospel spread across this place, across uh, Greensburg, across Decatur County, and across the nation and the world. And so I just, uh, I'm just glorifying God as we, those numbers came in at the end of last month. It was just so incredible to see those. And, and I just hope that you're all with us, uh, just hitting your knees and glorifying Jesus for what he's done through our people here. So um, I want to continue in worship this morning in God's word. So if you would get your Bibles out, we're going to be in Colossians chapter one this morning, starting in verse nine. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, uh, as you know, there's a, a Bible in a seat, uh, underneath the seat near you, behind you or in front of you. Um, if you don't own a copy of God's word, definitely pull that one out. Write your name in it, take your notes in it today, take it home with you. It's our gift to you this morning. We want to ensure everyone has a copy of God's word in their home. So as you're doing that, as you're, as you're pulling out your copy of God's word, as you know, we're working our way through this series that we call the 4W Life. And so if you're new with us here and you don't know what these four W's are, uh, these are commands, these four W's are commands that come straight from God's word to his followers. These are characteristics of a disciple of Jesus. Now we're called, those of us who give our lives to Jesus are called by his word in Matthew 28 to be disciples and to multiply disciples across the nations. And so as we read that and as we give our life over to Jesus, become a disciple, the question always stirs, what is a disciple? All right, what, what's a disciple? How, how do we know how to be one? Well, all those answers come fully from God's word through the truth in the Bible. And so the Bible tells us that a disciple is someone who worships Jesus. And so last week, we dove into that, what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ who worships him in spirit and in truth. Now, as we give our life over to Jesus the first time, if you're in this room, you, no matter how long ago it was, I'm sure you remember the moment that you put your faith in Christ. The very first thing that happens as we do that is that it leads us to worshiping him. Right? The gospel of Jesus affects and transforms our heart and leads us to worship him. And as we worship him, that then leads us to walking with him daily. And so our second W, walk, is what we're going to dive into this morning. It's how to walk with Jesus daily. And as we walk with Jesus daily, that then transforms our heart and pushes our heart to work for him, right, to serve the body. And next week, we're going to talk about working for Christ, what it's like to serve the body of Jesus and serve his people and be a servant just as he was. And the more opportunities we have to work for Christ, we'll then have opportunities to witness for Christ, right? The final thing that we're called to do. Paul, the Apostle Paul calls us, uh, calls the people in Corinth and us, when he writes his, uh, his letter to the church in Corinth, to be ambassadors for Christ. And so that is exactly what we're called to do through his word, to witness for Jesus. So those four W's, worship, walk, work, and witness, straight from God's word. And these are instructions on how we as Christ followers are to live as we eagerly await the return of Jesus. Right, as we await 
the return of the physical kingdom of God to come, how do we live? We live by these four W's as a disciple should. This, in, today, as we dive into Colossians chapter 1, we're going to see what it looks like to walk as the Lord has called us to in his word. Um, again, how, how many of us remember that moment that we gave our life to Jesus? Show of hands. Right. I, I do, I do. At 21 years old, I gave my life to Christ. The day I heard the gospel, it transformed my heart. But then after that moment, I walked out and I was like, well, what now? Right? What now? What do I do now? I, I know that Jesus saved me and, I, and I've hit my knees and worshiped to him honoring him as the only one true God, but what do I do now? How am I supposed to live? And so we're going to see exactly today in his word how the Lord calls us to live through an intentional, intimate walk with him daily. That's what we're going to dive into this morning. Before we get into that, however, we need to have a little bit of context for what we're reading if you've been with us for a while, you know that we place a pretty high importance on biblical context, right? knowing exactly who our original writers of uh, the Bible are and who they're writing to and why, what's happening in the time period. Right? Context is important for us uh, to understand the messages that is being preached, in this case, in the epistle of Paul, so that we can have a better understanding of how the Lord is calling us to truly live our lives. So this book of Colossians is a letter, right, or the epistle, the letter of Paul to the church planted in the city of Colossae. Now, the, the cool thing about this church in Colossae is that unlike all the other churches that, that Paul writes to, this church was not planted by Paul, right? It was planted, as we read through this text, it was planted by a guy named Epaphras, and so Epaphras heard the gospel from the Apostle Paul, we believe probably in Ephesus is where he heard it, and he brought it back to his hometown of Colossae. So the interesting thing about this book, as we read this letter, Paul has never personally met this, the people of this church in Colossae. But through the introduction of this letter, we see that Paul is pleased with the fact that the gospel has reached this city that he's never been to. And he's pleased that these people have found saving grace through the blood of Jesus, through the gospel of Jesus. And we find that here in the introduction, if you will, look with me here in chapter one, verses three through four. Paul says this, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. So Paul's writing to this church and he's like, I'm pleased with you. I, I, I'm pleased that the gospel has made it to Colossae and that you guys are having hearts transformed to the gospel and you're loving Jesus and loving on all the saints, all the, the church. But however, as much as pleased as he is with the church in Colossae, he's writing to this church to address an issue. And the issue that's growing in this church is that very influential false teachers have worked their way into this church in Colossae, and these teachers are preaching against the true gospel of Jesus. They were teaching knowledge over faith, right? self-enlightenment over faith, and they were also pushing people to worship many other gods. 
right? They're teaching people to expand their mind to all the other religions that were around. And so now the people of Colossae are being pushed, pushed by these influential false teachers to worship false idols and angels, to worship multiple gods as pagans. And all this teaching was pulling the people of this church in Colossae away from the true gospel. These false teachers were teaching self-wisdom and self-knowledge that it was the basis of how to live a good life, how to live a prosperous life, or how to live a life that was fulfilled. But Paul's going to show us this morning here at the rock, and he's going to explain to the churches, the people of the church in Colossae, that the only way to live is through a daily walk with Jesus, right? The only way you'll be fulfilled, the only way that you will live a righteous life is through walking daily with Jesus. In fact, the apostle is gonna show us three points this morning. He's gonna show us how we are to walk with Jesus daily in his word. And then he's gonna show us how that walk through, his, through prayer and through his word will affect our actions out in the world. And that all of this is motivated by the gospel, so that's what we're going to see this morning in the text. So if you're ready to get in the text this morning, say amen. amen. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Look, look with me here. Chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 9 says this. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All right, so we're going to stop right there. Paul is, is opening up here in verse 9 in this section of text with an emphasis on how we are to walk daily with Jesus in his word, okay? He mentions three things here, prayer, knowledge, and wisdom. All right, so first we're gonna look at prayer, right? He says, I'm praying, right? And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. We notice here that Paul's praying for the church. Now, prayer is a vital aspect to our walk with Jesus. In fact, Paul tells the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray unceasingly. All right, so one of the one of the very first things he says to them as they are questioning, what do we do while we wait for the kingdom of God to come? And he says, pray unceasingly. Paul is one of the greatest examples we have of what it means to truly walk like a disciple other than Jesus. And one thing we can see consistently through Paul's letters, through Paul's life, is prayer. Right? In almost every letter, he opens up with, I'm praying for you. As we look through the epistles, all the, all the uh, Pauline epistles, all the, the letters written by Paul, we see something very consistent, prayer. He's always praying for others, Paul. He's always communicating with Jesus in every letter. So prayer is vital in our walk. As we see that, as we see examples of that over and over again in Paul's writing, you have to ask yourselves as you're reading this, how is your prayer life? How, how, how are you meeting with God daily? How are you praying? Do you have communication one-on-one -on -one with the Lord every single day? And if I ask a lot of people this, including me, a lot of times when I am not in prayer with the Lord, I say the same thing every time. I'm too busy today. 
I'm too busy. I don't have time to spend an hour with the Lord. That just seems like so much. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy to talk to God. Well, as we think about that, it brings an illustration to mind. I heard a a, a pastor one time say, um, what if if you had a, a day full, a scheduled day full, but then your favorite sports star called you and said, I'm going to come over for an hour and sit with you in your living room, just talk with you for an hour. Would you, would you bump your schedule to fit that in? How many Colts fans do I have in here? Show of hands. Oh, that's light. Okay. All right. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Bengals country. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So if you are a Colts fan in the room, what if Peyton Manning called you and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come over. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to come over. Uh, uh, Omaha. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to come over and sit with you for an hour in your living room. But you had a day full of stuff. Would you, would you bump out some time for, for old Peyton? You would. You could insert anyone into this, into this spot, right? Your favorite music star, your favorite podcast host, whoever it is, your favorite athlete. You know, if Michael Jordan, if you're a basketball fan, wanted to come over and talk with you for an hour, it wouldn't matter what you had going on today. You're canceling everything, work, whatever. How much greater is Jesus than these men? How much greater is Jesus that we can't spend an hour a day with him? We are called to pray unceasingly to the Lord. To have intentional one-on-one communication with Jesus daily. This is one of the most important aspects of a walk in Christ. Daily prayer, consistent prayer. As we get our eyes back on the text, there's one thing that Paul consistently prays for in every letter as well, as he opens up every epistle with saying that he's praying for the people. Paul consistently prays that the people have knowledge and wisdom. The knowledge and wisdom that he's talking about here in this text is the wisdom that comes from knowing God's word. We're called to have knowledge and wisdom of God's word. When we know God's word, we become wise through him, through his words. Proverbs chapter two, verses four through six says this. Proverbs, the book of wisdom and knowledge says, if you seek it, knowledge and wisdom, like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. This isn't just knowing to know or knowing to be enlightened. As As the Colossian church, these false teachers were getting in there and saying, it's good to know these things so you can be enlightened. This is not about being enlightened. This is knowing the true identity of Jesus. It's knowing the true identity of his power and his might the true identity of his love. It's knowing God intimately. It's also knowing his commands, right? The Bible, we don't have to question how do we live. The Bible tells us everything, the true way to live. Jesus calls for us to abide in his word, abide in his commands, to follow him in obedience, Uh, John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Well, how, how, do, we, how do we keep God's commandments if we don't know them? All right, that's one, one important aspect of walking with God in the word daily, to know how he wants you to live so you can abide in his commands. Like walking with God's, God means that we communicate with, him in, communicate with him in prayer and be obedient to his word. That's what we're being called to do here from the word, to have full knowledge of God, full knowledge of his will for our lives and be obedient and follow and abide in it. And when we do this, Paul tells us it'll give us full knowledge and wisdom and understanding. But it won't just give us that. It will also affect our actions. Right, the way that we interact with the world. Read with me here, our eyes back on the text in verse 10 through 11. Paul says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. All right, so Paul's calling us here as followers of Jesus to the work. All right, there's a, there's a work aspect of our salvation, or not salvation, I'm sorry, with our walk. We are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's what he calls for here. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. This means living life in a way that is fully pleasing to Jesus. And so as we get these lists of commands right here in verses 10 through 11, we see three things that Paul's calling us to. The first foundation is that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. This is the way we carry ourselves. That is, we're walking through our physical life here on earth. How do we carry ourselves as a Christ follower? Are we striving to be Christ-like? Are we seeking purity? Are we seeking Jesus instead of our fleshly desires? This is all an aspect of walking with the Lord. Where are we walking to? Are we deviating from the path that the Lord wants us on through his will? This is also shown in our actions, in our reactions to things, with our mouths. Colossians 3.17, just two chapters from where we are now, Paul tells these same Colossians, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do our words and actions show the world who we belong to? Do our words and actions glorify Jesus? In everything we do, the Bible says that we are to glorify God. Well, do they do that? When people see us, when lost people see us out in the world, do they know that we belong to Jesus? That's part of an intentional walk with Jesus. That's why it is so important to be in communication with Jesus through prayer and in his word. If we are abiding in the Lord we are abiding in his word, if we know his word, we will have the wisdom in the world to glorify him in every single movement we make. If we follow God's word, the truth of God's word to a T, in the world, people will know that we belong to him. In, in fact, Paul's so serious about this that he, he double taps this point when he says that we should bear fruit in our works. 
This fruit bearing that he talks about next, he says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. This fruit bearing is a byproduct of salvation. It's the mark of a true Christ follower. True Christ followers bear good fruit. The true mark of a believer is one who bears good fruit. Jesus says in John 15, He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Listen to this last line. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. When we belong to Jesus through faith in him, when we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, our works will bear good fruit. All right, when we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord through his word, abiding in his word, having a a deep relationship with him in prayer, our works will bear good fruit. And people will know that we are followers of Jesus. When we are dedicated to walking with Jesus, being in communication with him through prayer, being in his word daily, being dedicated to walking like him and glorifying him in every action, we will see fruitfulness. And number one, we'll be a part of the work of kingdom expansion as we're called to do. We're called again in Matthew 28 to be disciples that multiply disciples. So we'd be a part of kingdom expansion. We will see lost people saved by Jesus. And Paul states next that we will see also in ourselves an increasing knowledge of the Lord. He says here at the end of verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And increasing in the knowledge of the Lord, which strengthens us, right? That's what the Bible says this morning. It says this increasing knowledge will strengthen us for all endurance and all patience. And we will grow closer to the Lord, having an intimate relationship with him, having a close, uh, transparent relationship with the Lord, personal relationship, because we know through him, through his word, our knowledge of his love, our knowledge of his faithfulness, our knowledge of his control and his will, it's going to strengthen us in times where we must endure and be patient. A hardship in our lives, a death, right? The death of a spouse or a parent or even a child. People think, how, could you, how do you go through that? How do you walk through that? Well, when you're strengthened by God's word, when you know his love for you, his faithfulness to you, you know he's walking alongside you in every trial and every hardship. You know that he'll never leave you and that he's in control of all things. The knowledge of the character of God will help strengthen you and give you endurance in times of hardship, in times of persecution, in in times of sin issues that you're struggling with. God is faithful. He loves you. He wants you to turn back to him. 
And it's through the truth of his word that we can see that. It's through knowledge of God, through the Bible, that we see that. And that's why it's so important to be in the word. And that's what he's calling us here today. God's word is calling us to walk with Jesus. Walk with him daily in the word and in prayer. I'm going to say it again. Walk with him daily in the word and in prayer. I keep repeating it because it is vital, church. It is a vital, vital thing in our lives. Jesus came to earth and walked a perfect life. And he tells us in his word how to walk. But he, he didn't just tell us how to walk. He did it first and then told us to walk in his footsteps. Stay on path with him. Put your feet where his were. That's where we have to be striving day in, day out. As Christ followers, a part of the capital C church, we have got to be continually looking at ways to be more like Jesus, to walk in his way. So God's word is calling us to walk with Jesus this morning. But as we think about that, maybe you're in this room and you don't know who Jesus is, or maybe you haven't put, placed your faith in Christ. And so you may be asking yourself, well, why? Why would anyone walk in this way? All right, why would anyone read the Bible? Why would anyone pray to Jesus? All right, why, would, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone strive to be more like Jesus? Well, Paul shows us in, in verses 12 through 15 what our why is and why it is, the way, why it is our why. Look with me here in verses 12 through 15. Paul says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So Paul tells us here exactly why we must have a, a passion for following him. He, he tells us here, uh, what's the motivation to, to walk with Jesus every day? It's the gospel, right? We have been delivered from darkness into the kingdom of light, right? Just as was promised in Isaiah, Right, that this new perfect king would usher in this perfect kingdom and he would take darkness and bring light to it. The Bible tells us here, Jesus is that light. We've been delivered. A heart that's been delivered by the gospel is transformed into a heart that desires an intimate, close relationship with Jesus. All right, the gospel that, that God left his throne humbled himself enough to come down in the flesh as Jesus was perfect, bore sin on the cross, died for us, was buried, and then three days later was resurrected so that we could have eternal life through him. This is our motivation. The gospel is our motivation to walk with Jesus every single day. That's what should motivate us. That's what Paul is telling us here in Colossians chapter one, this big idea of this section of text here in Colossians is this, the gospel should motivate us to walk with Jesus daily. Every single day of our lives, our focus should be, how can I grow closer 
to Jesus? How can I go grow closer to praising and worshiping Jesus? How can I grow closer to knowing who Jesus is? How can I grow closer to him intimately? How can I let him uh, lead me to, back to his path? If I've strayed off of walking with him, how can I come back? How can I turn back towards Jesus through prayer and through his word? And so today, as a church, I want us to, to pray for that. I want us to take just a moment here. We're gonna to pray together as a church that if we have been a Christian for a week, a month, a year, 50 years, but we're seeing a lack in our walk, we're feeling the, the Holy Spirit tugging at us daily for our actions, for what's coming out of our mouth, for anything, for our lack of time in the word, for our lack of relationship with Jesus through prayer. We're gonna pray right now the Lord convicts us. And if you're in this room right now and you're not a follower of Jesus, hear that gospel, respond to that gospel that Jesus took on your sin though he was innocent of it, that he died on the cross for you, that he was beaten and bled and he took the nails through his hands and his feet. He who was perfect, who knew no sin became sin for you. He died for you so you could live forever place your faith in him today and begin walking with him daily. Have a, a hunger to know who he truly is, the true characteristics of Jesus Christ. And your mind will be blown as you open up God's word and see the, the unrecognizable, ununderstandable love that Jesus has for you. And that same love, that gospel that we think as a new Christian that we, this platform that we jumped off of, that we think is, is a, an aspect of salvation that just, hey, I, we, I got the gospel one time and I'm good. It's, we think of it often as the diving board. For us as true Christ followers, the gospel is not the diving board into a life. It's the pool that we swim in every single day. We need to be saturated with the gospel every day. And when we do that, it will lead us to a fruitful walk with Jesus. So I want to take some time now as a church and pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for, for everything you've given us, for your gospel, Lord, for the work you did on the cross, that you humbled yourself, Lord, to come down in flesh and bear our sin. You didn't have to, Lord. Out of your love for us, you did it and we worship you for that, God. If, you'd not, if you never did another thing for us, Lord, that is everything we need. So Jesus, I just pray now that for the people in this room, for myself, for my family, for the people across this county, across this state, across this nation, all over the world, Lord, who are Christ's followers, who are people who have given their faith, put your, their faith in you, given their lives over to you. Jesus, I just pray that you would affect their heart this week. If there's any uh, weakness in their walk, any struggle in their walk, Lord, stir the spirit in them. Let them know that you want a deep personal relationship with them, a daily relationship. You saved us because you loved us, Lord. You want to be our father daily. So Lord, I just pray that you would stir the spirit of the people in this room every Christ follower across the earth Lord that they would just come to you in prayer hear you speak back to them through your word 
that they would need the word, as the Bible tells us, as Deuteronomy tells us, that it is like food to us, that we will be starved without it. Jesus, I pray for every person in here who's not saved, who's sinking in an ocean with no land in sight, that they see this rescue boat coming up to them they see that you're knocking on the door, that they would open it, Lord, that they would hear you. They would hear the gospel message today and give their life over to you and begin to walk with you. Because walking with you, Lord, as we know, is such a good life to walk with you. So, Father, I just pray that you would push us as a body of believers every day to walk with you, to walk in step with you, to be more like you, that you would use us, Lord, as tools to grow your kingdom, to expand the gospel through your word today that we know we have confidence in the fact that when we have knowledge of you God it helps us get through life it helps us get through struggles when, when pain comes we know that you are faithful and that you're standing right next to us at all times that you dwell inside of us that you're here for everything that you will not forsake us and that you love us Father this, call this group of people to prayer with you and in your word, to walk with you and in everything we do and say in every action and every word, glorifying you. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.